0: Broid Radio. Uh, This is Zach, as always, and with me is Matt. How's it going, man? 95 degrees and sunny still in Indiana, so can't complain. Mm -hmm. We're up to 90 here in West Virginia. We're getting your heat tomorrow,
1: actually, as it comes across. Uh
0: Yeah,
1: I've got a lot of Scottish DNA in me, so when the heat comes, I kind of die inside. So that's my little dirty (laughs) secret. (laughs) Anyway, Um, So yeah, uh, we are back again. We have a special guest tonight. Uh, Owen McIntyre is with us, Rogue Reptiles, and as everyone knows him, from Morillia Python Radio, uh, the flagship podcast of the network. So we'll be talking all things Colubrid with the Python guy tonight, which is going to be fun. Um, But before we get to that uh we'll do a quick session on our updates really hasn't been that long since we recorded i don't know if it's even been a week yet um but now uh, that being said a couple things happened in my universe uh as y'all know the king snake obsession continues um and i got the most anticipated clutch for me out of all the new lamps was i've really gotten into locality florida kings uh they're they're pretty cool from a nerdy natural history standpoint. And um, there's one locality that comes from northern Georgia, northern Florida, sorry, uh, Pinellas Kings. They, they're kind of a perfect integrate between a classic chain king and a Florida king. Uh, and I uh, picked up a pair of those from David Kelly uh, and got them like midwinter, brumated them, thought, what the hell, we'll see if this happens. Am my female... Uh, she tricked the hell out of me. I didn't know she had any eggs. I opened up the drawer and there were five eggs in there. I was like, "Ha, ah, this is special. These are the ugliest <laughs> damn eggs ever. I was convinced that they were slugs and I have a habit of just candling everything. And sure enough, there were veins and an embryo inside. So I have no clue if these things are going to go the, the distance, but that happened yesterday. So uh that's one new new thing that's gone on with me. And then I have story time with Zach. So I have some false water cobras that I've been raising for the past three years. And I bought from um, really cool caging company. I'll totally plug them cryptic creations. They will do any PVC cage you want any dimension. So I got these eight foot long, two foot deep, two foot tall enclosures that have a sliding door on them. So there can either be two four footers or one eight footer. And uh, I've, experimented with cohabbing falsies up at school and it works perfectly fine so uh i i brought two males from school that i've been raising up that i wanted to go into the, the big enclosure and two and i had two two females here that i've been raising up here at the house and and the the two um one of the females here is het for lavender and one of the males was het for lavender so i put the two males together and i put the two females together And then I went up to check on my son, who was making weird noises. Turns out he was okay. Came back down to the garage and was like, they're mating. (laughs) So it turns out that uh, one of the boys was a girl. One of the girls was a boy. And anybody that's bred false water cobras knows the second you put boys with girls and girls with boys, the males do not hesitate. They just get right to business. So now I know that the males are old enough. And I still ended up with 2.2. It's just I had no idea that two of them were males. So hopefully there was not completion of the act. Otherwise, I'm going to end up with even more freaking false water cobras. And I don't need any more false water cobras. There's plenty of false water cobras in my universe right now. So that was my fun little stupid that went down over the weekend. Um, so yeah,
0: that that's my update. Uh, anything with, with you, Matt? Um, you know, I, well, I sent you pictures. My mom actually came down over yeah. the weekend to help me uh, rearrange the snake room and clean cages, which was awesome. Um, really helped out too. And in the process, you know, I, I'm one of those people where I usually leave a couple of extra tubs open in a rack just for cleaning purposes. You just move yeah. the animals so you can clean them out thoroughly. And I'm like, oh, I'll just throw these together, these together, these together. And, you know, talking about breeding and pairing animals, you you try to do your best selectively, selecting off cycles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure enough, through, what was it, 2.3 Texas rats in Iraq and two males locked up with females instantaneously. (laughs) Yeah, immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. I also had mandarins together, the Vietnamese, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're hitting, banging. And sure enough, males are biting the back of the females, breeding in these just temporary cages that I'm just throwing stuff together because I'm like, I just need the space. I just need yeah. to get this stuff mm-hmm. done. And everything's locking up, breeding. And then sure enough, your my mom comes over. She's like, So what's this actually look like when they're actually getting it on? <laughs> so kind of got like the full up uh, frontal there. Mm-hmm. Um
1: it's good so, to share but, that with your mother, Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's science. It's science, man. Has To show it, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of cool stuff going on there. Um, still waiting on a, a, a number of clutches to lay, which is kind of interesting considering how many clutches I've already pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Japanese forest rats, uh, I'm still waiting on seven or eight clutches still from those, and. I think what happened, though, is the way that our weather was, up, down, up, down. You know, some of these animals have cycled later than typical. Um, I mean, I'm still waiting for leopard rat snakes to lay eggs at this point. So, but yeah, I mean, that front um, was a busy weekend, but thorough, clean, disinfecting. Nice. Um, You know, we've talked about that before with, you know, some of the different it was a perfect weekend to lay tubs out in the sun and just expose to UV and just kind of kill anything, too, as well. Um, but a lot of up and down, and I surely felt it in my quads yesterday. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's funny you talk about things going really late. Uh, I, I have the benefit at my university of having a cold room. I realized I had the cold room about halfway through November when I was standing in the cold room and then had a complete, like I felt like a complete idiot because here I am chasing 50 degrees all over my garage and I've got a walk in cooler that is 50 degrees that I go in like four times a week. So I kind of hid for lack of a better word, my red spotted garter snakes because I knew Oregon red spots because they have to get cold. And I put them in some black tubs that nobody would know what the hell was in there and they went into the um, cold room and I brumated them for a long time pulled them out in when was that halfway through April and like it was perfect all the females immediately turned blue they all shed my males shed and I was like all right we're gonna see copulation nothing and then <laughs> I was like all right no red spotted garter snakes for me and then uh, my sister-in-law and her partner came in for Memorial day weekend. And he, it was kind of nice. Cause he was like, Hey, are you going to like show me all these animals? I was like, you actually want to see them? That's cool. Cause most of the people that come here, it's just like we deny that there are 80 plus snakes in this house. Uh, so I was walking around uh, his name's Justin. And I looked down in the Oregon red spot cage and they're freaking mating. And it's like June. So I don't know what the hell's going on, man, um, but maybe I'll get Oregon red spots now, but they're definitely, they waited a long ass time to get down the business. So same, same exact thing you're talking about. Some things that are, are actually going pretty damn late here as well. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, they were in a beautiful, probably the, the I'm looking at it now, the uh, big naturalistic enclosure where I made the foam background and put in the soil and planted the plants and, have the cork bark tubes and then the dam enclosure got mites and now nothing lives in it. The grass is growing beautifully because that's the joy of bioactives (laughs) is when the mites show up, you have to essentially, you can either get the other species of mites that eat the snake mites or do the thing that works in my head, which is basically nuke the entire damn thing and start over again. So um, that's the downside to their code. So they live in this nice 75 gallon aquarium in my garage, right? But apparently that's where they needed to go to feel happiest and breed because they were in the damn naturalistic enclosure and nothing was happening. Now they live in this freaking glass enclosure with like two boxes and a stick and everything's going great. So
0: So it's like their real habitat.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like a dump in Oregon. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's the 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 um that's all, my updates. Any updates with you?
0: Uh that's that's about it. I okay. mean
1: I'm going to throw out into the ether at the beginning of the show this time. Um, Grad students, hi. It's your friendly neighborhood graduate advisor that needs a graduate assistant. Uh, If you're interested in doing a herpetoculture experiment, look me up. Message me. Uh, We still have a spot open. So um, I just spent two and a half, three weeks in Costa Rica. That might benefit you. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So anywho. Uh, that is all on that front. Moving on. So you ready to start this thing, Matt?
0: Yeah, I think we'd jump in.
1: All right, cool. So our guest tonight needs no introduction. Uh, we have Owen McIntyre with us from Rogue Reptiles. Uh, it, Owen is well known for being... The Podfather's first mate.
2: Oh, well, that's just, I mean, no introduction, but I do like one every once in a while, yeah. Uh
1: Yeah, so, uh, anywho, Owen certainly stands alone and on his own feet. Um, The fun fact about Owen is he keeps pythons, Mm -hmm. quite a few, and we'll get into that a little bit, but he also has a rather substantial collection of colubrids. So this is Colubrid and Colubroid Radio, so tonight we'll be focusing on that side of his collection. Uh, But before we get into the nitty-gritty of that, Matt and I and Owen thought it'd be fun to make the focus of the first hour of our conversation, Um, kind of a comparison of what it's like to keep pythons and colubrids, because while they're both snakes, uh, all of us have kept pythons and colubrids. I have pythons up at school, and there's a bunch of boas in the garage right now Mm. and short tails are in the garage that's my dirty little secret that nobody knows about (laughs) um but anyway i just thought it'd be kind of a fun discussion to talk about the pros and cons of both what it's Mm -hmm. like to have a collection so before we get to that let's first get the the other snakes the pythons out of the way so what species of boids do you currently keep and just give an idea of numbers and what percent of your collection they are and, and Oh, um true.
2: well there's 35 species in the house. Um uh and that includes uh um boas and uh pythons. So the whole thing and then there's a tortoise. So but he's over <laughs> there. Um so that's that with the with the pythons a lot of it's Australia, indonesian so we're talking carpet mm-hmm. pythons, olives like uh all the liasis water pythons um then the psychopathics. So it's, you know, white lip pythons, ring pythons, uh, then dabbling into, I have an Angolan kicking around here somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, they are, it's kind of a across the board. We're um, Timor pythons. So it's a lot of Australian, Indonesian, and then it's, you know, some wild cards that kind of stick out a little bit off to the side because um, the retic here for some reason too. So, um, but, mainly australia because there's also rough scale pythons and you know i have to mention them at least every five seconds so yeah they're they're the obsession correct yeah a little, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much the obsession i don't want a smooth snake apparently because mm-hmm. i want i want the i want the rough scale python i want the bumpy angolan python i love every single but that has a keeled scale like it's mm-hmm. i just don't like smooth snakes apparently nice <laughs> so <laughs> So that's the, the Python side. Yes. Um,
1: and then colubrid side, Mm -hmm. what's going on on that front?
2: Sure. It's, it's, it's a, it's all over the place. It's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it's, uh, a big chunk of Madagascar with all the three, uh, hog Um, then, uh, rhino rat snakes, a lot of Asian colubrids. So rhinos, um, Vietnamese blue beauties, um, Chinese king rats, uh, then it's like North American species. I have like black rat snakes, northern pine snakes, California king snakes, corn snakes. Uh, I have unicolor Um, I just got my first mandarin. He's over here in quarantine. Um, he's I'm thinking about what to do with him later. Um, I have Baird's rat snakes that I just picked up that I'm enjoying the hell out of because uh, um, I have them set up. They're they're a little bit too big for my small colubrid thing, so I set them up in a cage where they can pass through tunnels and stuff like that and they just sleep in the tunnel so it's like okay whatever (laughs) like i could have given you a tube and you'd been fine all right fine so um got those uh yeah that that's pretty much oh the false water cobras that i got from you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah the little bit the uh the the um the little bit more interesting of the Madagascar hognose is the false water cobras are just like that one level a little bit above them. Mm-hmm. I keep calling the mad hogs the Diet Dr. Peck for false water cobra because it's like, like it's that. not a Western hognose. Like, it, no. you don't, don't it, it, it will not wear a hat. But no, it's, it if you think of it more <laughs> along the lines of a false water cobra, you're right in the mix with them. Um So that's pretty much the colubrid set right now. And the, the problem is is I keep wanting to add stuff. Like I was showing my fiance, like hundred flower rat snakes. And I'm like, you want these, right? They're cool. Right. <laughs> Those would be you awesome. Right. That. And she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah. I like them. I'm like, good. That's check. That's done. We can do that. Oh, and I have a, I just got my first, um, bear, uh, Baron's racer. Baron's racer. Nice. Yep. Yep. They're she's, a sho- she's a shoelace that scares the crap out of me. So it's,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll good. find with the bear and I that they're, they're like, they can be a royal pain in the ass with Mm -hmm. feeding
3: Mm -hmm. and
1: then uh, we talk about flips get or switches getting flipped Mm -hmm. i've never experienced snakes that are like will not eat will not eat will not eat and then i am now going to eat everything (laughs) Everything. that is offered to me the rest of my life and i will never (laughs) miss a meal from that point on uh that's been my experience
2: I'm, I'm okay with that. So, I, I, yeah. I'm okay with She's um She's figured out the routine of how the drawer opens and how the food <laughs> comes in. And I try normally feeding her the normal tongs that I use for everything baby-wise. And she's up that thing, chewing on my hand. And I'm like, okay, um, longer yeah, tongs for the Barons. Got it. So <laughs> it's one of those yeah. go upstairs. I'm like, so they're rear fanged. I guess we're going to see what happens here. And nothing happened, but it was like one of those... Cool. Longer tongs. So yeah, we yes. won't do that again. Definitely want the longer tongs. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. That was like one of the one species I got rid of just because of that. Um, because they're, they're food. I don't want to say aggression, but just their eyesight and watching and being ready for when the tubs open. And especially <clears throat> breeding hatch and raising up hatchlings. Those things are just like little darts waiting to come out flying out of that thing. Um, so (laughs) i was just like it's it's gonna be i mean they're
2: one of those things where i I was interested in barons for a while and i always was talked out of it because of the rear fang and the being venomous and i almost feel like you need training wheels when you're gonna start getting into anything that's above i'll say corn snake or nerf like you know it's not it's a colybrid, but it's not a corn snake like it's you kind of baby steps like you know um i needed someone to hold my hand to get into asian rat snakes so i can finally start now i'm just like you know these things are easy (laughs) these things are great i love this like more it's that kind of stuff and i needed my hand held when i started with um madagascar hogs because they were rear fang venomous and all that stuff and that was something that was kind of concerned me and then I was able, I began to feel more confident. I was able to take that step to do the Baron's racer. Um, and I'm glad I kind of did it in stages because like I got, Zach got me the false water cobra. In the meantime, that was another, That was another step stone. That was, you went from Madagascar hog to a false water cobra. False water cobra is maybe a little bit more punch, but it acts like, it acts like a Madagascar. Mm.
0: So you were talking about training wheels and how, you know, to properly approach rear fanged animals. Mm. You know, and, and kind of going through that process. I mean, how did you create your own program to create that growing aspect into raising and keeping rear fanged animals?
2: It, it was starting. It was starting small. Like I, I, I had interest in the Madagascar hogs, and I talked with Riley, and I talked with a couple of the people about how potentially dangerous they were, and also what you had to kind of keep a lookout for. Mm-hmm and then i got them as i got them as fresh fresh hatchlings my guys were captive hatched my my original pair and i really kind of tripped myself into starting to be serious about them because i remember i was on my way home from tinley park and i literally opened up their little deli cup that they were in and one of them bit me and then it was like everything floods into your brain all at once of oh my god that's what this is you like it it, this you idiot (laughs) like this could have been a problem so (laughs) after that you know monitored watched it all that fun stuff after that it was like all right if you're gonna do this you're gonna have to do it serious like full-on hands-off hook training this that and the other thing and then i started kind of moving around with well the time when these guys are most excited is when food is coming so if food comes not dancing around their cage, trying to get you to bite it and kill it. Like every other Python, but whatever, if it just comes like offered here, it is sitting here, eat it. It kind of takes that whole excitement out of it. So my baby madhogs were always flaring, doing their neck, their hood things and stuff like that. And I started feeding them just in little Pyrex dishes. I put their food in there and I just put the dish in there and I closed it up. Like it was open dish down close. No excitement, no dancing, no hitting the thing with a rat. And then this way, they didn't really get too excited. They don't really get puffy. They don't really get hissy. I have one male that if I hook him, he'll just puff out and he'll maybe kind of flare up a little bit. But other than that, he just rides the hook into the bin. And I started doing that where it's like now because they're not acting like flying all over the place and flipping out, it made that easier, a little bit more confident for me to step into maybe potentially other species. And then also I did practice that with, um, non-rearifying species, like my blue beauties and things like that, where, you know, it's not, there's no danger. It's just a jerk. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so it kind of takes that whole thing off. Um, so I'm starting to do that. And and that's something I'll definitely look into for the Baron's racers. She's just too small right now. I I mean, I want to get her a little bit bigger, but, I I do the same thing with the false water cobra, um, with the Chinese king rats, everything. It's just open the door, put the food food bowl in, close the door. It's funny because you come back around and they have like a mouse, a chicken and like a piece of fish (laughs) all in their mouth at once because they just shoved their head in there Mm -hmm. and
0: like whirled it around. Um, Yeah, it works. There's nothing like hooking a, a hatchling barons though. <laughs> it's like I think it's on. Oh, it's off. Well, oh, it's
2: okay. cool. Where'd it go? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, I'm not, she, I, she already is like, I'm not sitting on this thing. I don't know why you're poking me with a stick. I'm out. So mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> yeah. we're working on it. I have one of those 3D printed um, perch things from specialty enclosures. So I've been like just grabbing that with tongs and just picking that whole apparatus <laughs> up. And she just is like on it. And then I put it in a bin. So nice. um we'll get there <laughs> we'll figure it out i want more body to her before i start trying to do hook she's just so small so yeah cool so
1: we ask everybody this question mm. um, before we jump into the the, the the comparison part of this but what about colubrids makes you want to keep them that can be kind of a nice segue into pythons versus.
2: Coulis. They were actually, I, I've I kept colli- I've been keeping collier birds longer than I've been keeping pythons, but tell oh. no one. Um, so, uh, my first snake was a cali king, and actually, my first successful breeding project was cali kings. So, um, the collier birds were always there. The pythons came later. Um, hmm. What well, makes me want to keep them, and it, and that interest has changed because I would say in college it was. I wanted to have all the colors of corn snake and, and Cali King. I wanted everything. I like, you know, there was all that going on. Um, what's kind of pushing and driving the thing now is that I find a bunch of species really, really interesting, but people either have never heard of them or never seen them or think they are way too hard to keep or breed in this than the other thing. And I kind of want to be like the, nah, I can do it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. you know, it's, I I mean, I'll say I've had, um, uh, I mean, I I, have pretty much had my door kicked in for rhino rat snakes in Pennsylvania because, and I even have family members who like do not want to go anywhere near the snakes will want to come check out the rhinos. It's just something about their horn. I don't know what it is, but um, the Madhawks too, it was just something that these are, this is not what I normally see. This is not another regurgitated color of a Western hog nose that we're going to see. This is something over here. This is something off to the fringe. And, and that's what drew me to carpet pythons in the first place. It wasn't a ball python. It was fringe species python. So mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to find more fringe species colybrids, and I'm dancing around and and having fun with them. And I fear it's, a, it's just a cliff. I'm just going to have like way too many of these things. So it's just kind of trying to toe the line a little bit.
0: That's how it happens.
2: Yep. that's exactly yep. how it
0: happens. <laughs> yep. the The thing about
1: colubrids is that there's so many freaking flavors, man.
2: That's the issue. That's what and, I'm finding is...
1: there's paint job flavors. There's yeah. different enclosure types. All, species everything. flavors. It, yeah. Yeah. No, you can go off. Well, just even like with one common species, like the thing about me is that I was I had all those weird obscure. Mm -hmm. um animals i had a collection very similar to both of yours with all the asian rats and all that kind of stuff and there was some weird juju about this house with the asian rats i don't know what the hell it was (laughs) uh but they would just drop slug clutch after slug clutch after slug clutch and 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 sometimes they would go off food and i just got really tired of coming home after working with the animals at school um to animals here that weren't working for lack of a better (laughs) word so i thought i'm gonna make life easy I'm gonna get a bunch of king snakes. And then I thought, does that make you a loser? Because you have a bunch of king snakes? No, it doesn't. There's no 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 no. There's all these locality things, the natural history and the phylogeography and all that nerdy biology is all over these damn um, I, I wish critters. I had done more
2: of that when yeah. I got into Cali Kings. Cause all I have right now is lavender stripes yeah. and Lucas is pulling like wild ones. <laughs> and got am like, you yeah, he gotta hate you. Yesterday. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Just bring yeah, it no. to me and be quiet. And like, yeah. So it was yeah. amazing
1: going through the collection on Saturday and taking, I had 50 mice <laughs> and 50 snakes, ate 50 mice, like, this is amazing nobody's like regard like looking at it being a pain in the ass you know so no it's just even the common stuff's tons of fun. i would say
2: that so. is the appeal of a colubrid over a lot of species of python is i have ripped my hair out smacking an adult snake in the face with a rat <laughs> you never have that problem with a colubrid it's like oh food cool this is mine mm-hmm. now it like it's one of those things if a python doesn't eat there's so many things that it could be, or it could just be fine. If a collarbird yeah. doesn't eat, it's on death's doorstep. Something is wrong with this animal. <laughs> like it is mm-hmm. like it. And I've also been playing with the idea of like what to offer and what food to give the birds And then also, can that like I found out that you can feed a carpet python a tilapia? Did not know that until <laughs> I had for like larger <laughs> collybrid species. I'm like, mm-hmm. they'll eat it. Cool. Like, and then uh frog legs are something that every snake in this place will eat. So it's cool cool.
0: now and when you said something in your comment there Mm -hmm. too that i I just wanted to touch on that i think is somewhat important you know looking at animals that are available in the hobby and sometimes even with wild caught animals Mm -hmm. you know you never see captive born of certain animals and it makes you start to wonder and you go down this tangent of well why aren't people doing um you know that's how I ended up now working with the uh, the white lip pythons, because I mean, <laughs> and they're psychos. Oh, yeah. And my thing was, I was just amazed that you don't see more captive born animals.
2: It's uh, it's hard. I mean, I have eight white lips and I've been trying for almost 10 years now and um, banging my head against that wall. But they're one of my favorite species, so I won't quit on them but one day, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's going to happen. I'll be like, these are mine. They're not leaving. (laughs) Like it's, so it's, it's that, but then it's also like, like what you said, I I wish you would see more species being produced, not just from the standpoint of then less will have to get kind of grabbed from the wild if they're still being imported, but also it, it can't be that hard. Like, I think a lot of these things are just either they're a little bit difficult than your core species or they only come in one color so who cares kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and i'm like and that sucks because then if the one guy who actually really cares about it stops doing it then it's gone to herpticulture and what if somebody really gets interested in it so yeah i mean like right now they're, they're bringing in the madagascar hogs i don't need to breed them but it works so why not yeah yeah
0: well, it, it's funny, too, because, you know, I, I get a lot of questions on the file snakes. So, of, hey, I just bought these files. How do I get them to breed? And I'm like, well, are they healthy? Are they? And then you get a picture of them. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you get more. You got more work to do before yeah. you even start to breed these animals.
2: Yeah, those are my favorite. I bought I just bought this carpet python. Who knows what kind it is and how to take care of it? I mean, don't, isn't that something you kind of want to deal with a little bit before? Because, I mean, I, I'll say that I jump into snakes, but that's after I've been talking to people, researching and poking around on the fringe of this species for mm-hmm. a good couple months. Like, I'm not like, reptile show, pretty snake, bye. Like, no, it's I'm on the fringe of it, and then I find it at a show or somebody hatches a clutch, and then I kind of do the take the plunge into it. But um, I would say more people than not are just like, they saw it, they think it's cool, and they're going to grab it and see what happens and then realize they're running over their head in some species.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, what is it? I mean, you don't see many of some of the different Madagascar colubras that were coming in as wild caught. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, some of the different arboreal species that came in, in high numbers mm-hmm. and have just kind of disappeared now from the hobby, too.
2: There's always one person who's got like a vine snake or one of the, um, <laughs> the like, look at, yeah, like, look at this thing. I'm like, oh, buddy, <laughs> like, you were, yeah. uh, well, that's not going to go well. <laughs> like, it's, yep. uh, and it's, they're striking and I, and I see the appeal and I know what people are thinking, but it, it if, you got to be willing to take that kind of a, it, that's a huge jump and a huge leap to take something on like that. That that's a fringe species. Um, Cause there's not a lot of help out there, even if you do need it, like all the guy, all the people who are going to tell you, <laughs> if you bought it as a wild caught import, they're not going to help you. They're just, gonna <laughs> be like, this is what we do to keep it alive until people buy it. It's like, cool, mm-hmm. but it, it's that whole thing. So, I mean, I probably would not have gotten my Giants um, initially um, if I didn't have somebody like Riley who already had them and he and I were already going back and forth about them before. So I kind of knew that even then if I had questions, I did have somebody close by that I could go to. And I remember buying them and him and I having like a two-hour conversation at Tinley Park, me walking
0: around about the snakes in the cups. So it, it, it helps with that. Yeah, nice. no, I agree. I, mentorship, you know, for some of these different aspects and finding mm-hmm. someone that you can really communicate and talk things through is a big part of the hobby in general.
2: Yeah. NPR has ruined that for me because now I know everybody
0: and a lot of people.
2: And <laughs> we also have guests on who are like, I love this snake. And I'm like, I love this snake, too. And then it's just I'm not I, I'm not allowed to go shopping for snakes when we have a show because then I'm like cave dwelling rat snakes by like, yeah, no. So, <laughs> it's <laughs> Nice. So, what
1: are there any, in your opinion, striking mm. differences between keeping a python and let's just say Morelia and leave okay. it at that, um, and Colubrids, Because I, I have, I have Morelia, nothing like what you have, but um, <laughs> I have uh, IJs, your favorite, yeah. and <laughs> uh, coastals, yeah. and um,
2: the actual favorite, and yeah.
1: in, in, in my experience they kind of remind me of like a really big pitch of office that needs to be warm yes <laughs> like that is what
2: yes like what they are yes. to me <laughs> yes that is so, probably one of the best you know bridges or like comparisons yeah yeah um and, and the problem is is that like with collie species if you have multiple different python species you're all over the map. The only reason I'm able to actually even have success with some of the species that I have is because I can remove them from the room. And like you were talking about with your uh, cold room at school and stuff like yeah. that. I have a, I have a separate area that I have my team mores my olives. And then my bread lie winter in this room, because I let it and my white lips are in that room too. And I let it drop much further because it's actually facing it. It's an exterior. It's got exterior walls and stuff like that. So it gets colder um the actual snake room where all the morelia and a couple other species are kept are actually like it's my basements walk out so that's underground mm-hmm. and then the other rooms are more of above ground um and i would say that they just need to be kept warm per se basically mm-hmm. you have a hard line at like 70 if you start yep. dipping below 70 bad things are going to happen with a lot of python species um but there are ones that will just shrug it off like my bread lie I have to get them close to 50 degrees to breed. Otherwise, they will just stare at me and nothing will happen. Um, And they're spring breeders. So it's weird because all the python clutches are normally out by now. And now's when all the colibri clutches start coming. And this is when the spring breeding pythons are going to come as well, too. So it's kind of like... If it's a colubrid and it has to get cold, and if it's a python and it has to get cold, all the eggs will show up at the same time. So uh, (laughs) it's like, okay, like right now I'm waiting on like a couple corn snakes and an olive python. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got it. Um, But it's, I would say that a colubrid is much more forgiving if something were to happen with its temperature. Um, Just like how I think there are, but there are, there are fragile um colubrid species but i almost feel like it's a reverse it's never that they get too cold it's that they get too hot yeah so like an asian yeah. colubrid you don't keep that at 89 degrees like i'm not going to put in my mandarin with a heat lamp um but it's the oh, it's the reverse for a python if it goes below 70 you're going to get in trouble that's interesting
0: yeah so, you know and even off of that mm. from just keeping some of the different pythons and um attributes within the colubrid room too as well now i really start to wonder even on some of those pythons and boa species if we aren't keeping them too warm to begin with i I would Um, say that's the
2: one thing we definitely do so yeah
0: because like for my white lips Mm. i keep those at about 80 degrees my doom rolls i keep at 78 and they're Mm -hmm. rocking and rolling um even you know, some of the Angolans, my Angolans are only at like 82, too, as well as a hot spot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And- it's um my my system's ramp. So in the Python rooms and everything else, it ramps up to a, a, a hot temperature, probably about 84. Um, and then at nighttime, everybody gets this. There's a night drop year-round. So it goes 84, 70 degrees, and that's year-round. And then when it comes to breeding season. This this the seal the, the basement just drops. So they still get that 84, but then it just keeps going down. Um and then maybe won't get as high as 84, it'll maybe get to 80, but now the temperature is going down to 70. So the temperatures vary all the time in those nickages, which is cool because in the morning when I do the, like the AM check and stuff like that, mm-hmm. all the pythons are out of their hides, sitting on whatever they have right underneath the heat panel, and that's where they're curled okay. up. Like, and that's where they go. But then when I come down late in the afternoon, everybody's gone. <laughs> like <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> no, it's just, I have a bunch of boxes that have other boxes in them. So, and that's what it does with the regulation. The same thing happens with the Culliubrids. They'll be out, they'll do their thing and then they'll hide. Um, it's weird because the pythons will all be gone, but then like the caribos will be out and the hog- mm-hmm. nose will be out and the Mad Hog uh, and the um, Blue Beauties will be stretched out, laying out. So, they kind of tend to come out a little bit later on, and they kind of have the same kind of heating as well, but theirs is not extreme. No, that's that's cool stuff.
1: Yeah. So that's like the similarities. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. what do you think is different?
2: Difference would is just, there a
1: different like is a Python keeper and a keeper? Are they really a different person?
2: It's really or not is it just that different.
1: Snakes?
2: Yeah, it's just it's just it, they're all snakes. Like it's mm-hmm. just that you have to attack each species and figure out what it needs. And that's why you have a ton of overlap with being able to keep things in different rooms. Like I, there's no heat on my King rats. There's no heat on my King rats because they are in the tallest. They're in the top cages of these, which is a stupid idea um, of this. (laughs) (laughs) one In my Python room, they don't need heat. They eat everything in sight and they bread. So Clearly, they're okay, Um, but there's no heat on them. There's no heat on my bairds just because the room itself is – the peak of the room is 82, 83 degrees because there's that many cages in there yeah. churning out heat that some species, they don't need anything. Um, I'm not going to put any heat on the mandarin when it goes downstairs, Um, but – Yeah, it would probably be a bad idea. I think it would too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <I'm> like, what? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. check, no. Like, it's – um it just works out that way. Now the, the rhinos uh, would probably be the only ones that I would be kind of a little worried, more worried about, but when they were babies, I just didn't have them when I was raising them up in Iraq, that was right by the door and it didn't have any heat on it. And they were fine. Now they're in a giant enclosure in my living room and come summertime, actually like probably soon, she's going to lay soon. Once she lays, I unplug their heating system and it just is whatever it is. It is. So the air conditioning kind of keeps the house at somewhat close to a 70-something degrees, but sometimes the air conditioning gets overrun, so it's just going to do its thing. So, um, And the rhinos have been doing well so far, too. So it's just figuring out it, there's not that much of just Because I got boas, too, and they're the same damn thing. <laughs> um, it's just I would say that it's fun to the compare stuff because um, I keep my white lips, my rings, and my Dominican Ren Mountain Boa and my uh, Brazilian Rainbow Boa is all the same. And they all need like higher humidities because they have fragile skin and this, that, and the other Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And so they're all the same. And that's just across that board. And now I'm starting to dip into like do the Angolan Pythons need to go here to the carpet care or over here to the white lip care or over here to the like Timor Python care. Like where are you guys going to fit in this little scram? So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much what we got is you have different setups for each for different species
1: interesting so so thermally there's kind of a happy middle part of the bell-shaped curve right and then colubrids are going to kind of if they have to skew towards cold or warm they're going to be cooler right and then pythons are normally going to be warmer but Mm -hmm. there's outliers to both
2: of course it's like there's so that, yeah. there's like you said it's like it's mm-hmm. like a line and then it kind of seems where you go and you can find pythons and collier all down the line yeah. and it just figures out where you're going to be so no, that's
1: that's cool yeah i i have um so when i was in college mm. i i love snakes that live in water false water cobras <laughs> neurodia. it's a common theme mm-hmm. and i was like, you know, it's totally logical for me to get an anaconda. So (laughs) I went to the all Ohio Columbus show and bought a little female, fresh out of mom, yellow anaconda, uh, who was appropriately named Anne. like most anacondas. And I, I raised that snake up and moved it on when I went to grad school. And mm. I was the person that was like, look, it's biting. Like that was, <laughs> like that it's was hurting
2: not, me. Yes. Yeah. It, that, was,
1: that was not a turn off to me. I, I like things that have, I, I call it spunk. Other people call it killer instinct. Um, I call
2: it personality.
1: Personality. You know. <laughs> yeah. So when I decided to convert the garage here in the house to false water cobra land. Uh, I bought some extra enclosures from cryptic and they initially were the blue beauty enclosures and the Taiwan beauty enclosures. And they were big
3: because mm-hmm. those
1: snakes get big. And I moved those on and I was looking at those enclosures and I was looking at the false water cobras. And I thought, well, what lives where the false water cobras live? Yellow anacondas. Live where the false water cobras <laughs> live. <laughs> so uh, Now I have like a, a seven foot female and a four foot. nah, Five foot male, (laughs) but that's a great example because those are two. One's a colubroid, technically, one's Mm -hmm. a boa, but they come from the same damn place, so their husbandry is exactly the same. Like, yep, literally. Um, Eh. and and they're both like when it's really interesting to me because when the falsies get too cold. So, like, one thing I have found out about falsies is they will go off food if their night drops too cold. Like, that's the magic thing for them. It's not daytime temperature. If their night drop drops below 70 degrees 68 degrees for like five days in a row they stop eating um, The yellows same deal they drop my garage gets too cold uh, <clears throat> and they drop down below that they stop eating so there's an mm-hmm. entire wall of my garage where I thaw out all the rats and then I go and none of the bastards are eating um, <laughs> but you know I, I know why. Uh, yeah, that's a great example of where the thermal husbandry is the same for these snakes that come from two completely different evolutionary lineages. Yeah, of it's the snake family tree.
2: So, they, I mean, they all, they all, they all, li- they all, like you said, they all live in the same area. So, mm-hmm. and it works out, which is weird. <laughs> so, yes. and it, it's almost <laughs> like even when you try to get to it, of like, are they even on the same like longitudinally kind of like this area? Because mm-hmm. if they are it's almost like they can kind of survive in the same places as well, because it's almost like the temperate zone. It's when you get the guys who are like, I live down here at this little Island in the middle of the ocean (laughs) that no one can get to. It's like, okay, well, yeah, no, that one sucks. I get that one. Um, (laughs) It's that kind of stuff. Like I, I, it's that and that kind of, is the stuff that I really kind of, you know dig about this is seeing what fits into my program here because there are there have been culliver species where i've had them i've been jazzed about them and they just don't do well for me um was it uh copper black rat snakes uh hated me radiateds hated me i have to figure that one out like i really like those um and then uh but then i've also had python i could My Woma sucked. My Woma sucked. (laughs) It was just mad. It bit me all the time. And it kept laying slug clutch after slug clutch after slug clutch. And I'm like, all right, that's some things aren't going to fit in your whole thing. But it's cool to kind of see what can. Because then you if you kind of like this species and it fits in, awesome. I'm spoiled because I have my office here, which is where the rough scales live. And someone quarantines over here. Um, so that's one like biome here and then i have my basement main snake room which is another biome then i have a soft out room where the birds are then i have a big room so it's like i have a lot of different if you don't fit here i'll plug you in somewhere like if if the mandarins don't do well downstairs in the snake room i'll set them up up here somewhere i'll put them in my bedroom if i have to she didn't hear me it's okay so um (laughs) there there may
1: be a muserana that lives in our closet in our bedroom (laughs) So that's that's, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, there's there's options and yeah. and it's just finding what works in your with with your style of keeping in the way that you like to keep and you have to be a little flexible, but it's there's a whole big wide world of snakes out there. Like, don't limit yeah. to one. Like, come <laughs> on.
1: Now, now, one area I do think there is a discrepancy between pythons and bows and bows and yeah. pythons is feeding. Mm-hmm. Be- because the feeding frequency, for most co- colubrid, not all, but most mm-hmm. of them, it's it's higher, yeah. Which then leads to larger amounts of crap.
2: <laughs> yes, there. Yes.
1: So, so in that regard, like the cool thing about the short tails I have in the garage, <laughs> which are right next to the, the the falsies, is like I check their tubs every three or four days. Like, No, not yet. There's nothing. Yeah. There's, <laughs> nothing, there's <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. And then I walk through my door, and I'm like. Something took an enormous dump, <laughs> and it's not a human. And I know the blood python crap today, and then you go mm-hmm. down, and you know those things. I don't understand how they can crap.
2: So, would you uh, rather clean up mass? something? Would you rather clean yes. up something every other day, or clean up one giant <laughs> thing every other mm-hmm. week? Like it's yeah. yeah, I I get that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like in that regard, mm. uh, now granted, they do release all the liquid waste. So I have to, I'm I'm managing that piece, but I will flat out say that the short, short, I I, I mean, I'm not a Python person, correct me if I'm (laughs) wrong, but I know that short tails are considered one of the messier Pythons. Is that a fair statement?
2: That is a very fair statement. That is a very fair statement. I had short tails. They did not go well for me. Um, (laughs) They did not fit in with my system. they hated me and I like drove that thing to Matt Minnetola's house and like dropped it off on his front doorstep. (laughs) Like, and I'm like, (laughs) deal with this. And then he sends me pictures of him like cuddling with it and like stroking (laughs) it. And I'm like, I don't see, she knew she didn't want to be with me. So, um, and (laughs) I will say it's one of those things where it's nice to walk down in the snake room and be like, no, no one needs to be clean today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you have different species that will never happen. (laughs) So, um, I, but i would say that like uh we had carpet fest here and lon and um matt and 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 like keith were coming and it's like okay you know i i going to show off my one blood python <laughs> and of course like that's the day it's in like two inches of piss and like you know yes. it's, and i'm like i why it's like yeah so um it i would say that it's definitely one of those things where You can get by doing both, but yeah, I mean, the amount of food that goes into a colubrid, they're they're just... You're you're cleaning. I mean, I I, I rarely keep colubrids on paper just because they'd be like, oh, "Oh, that's gone. Oh, that's gone. Like, you have to do substrate with them just because otherwise you're just doing that. You're cleaning all the time. It's
1: disgusting when you keep them on paper.
0: Yeah. No. I hate it. Yeah, forget crebos painting cages. (laughs) Every snake painting cages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: what the? Yeah, now happened here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did the I did the baby madhogs when they hatched last year on paper for a week, and I'm like, this sucks. Like, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna figure something out. So yeah. I just like scooped up um like dirt from their parents' cage and stuff like that, and I'm like, live on this, okay? I know they can do it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the falsies we we did
1: them the first big series of clutches I got we were trying to do sterile technique to teach the students. So we're like putting them on paper towels and I, and, and they, they hadn't shed yet. You know, they were right out of the egg and everything was fine. They were spilling water left and right. Cause they're heathens. But other than that, it was not a big deal. And then we, we fed them and then the spray painting started. Mm-hmm. And the students, for they, they actually mutinied. They were like, absolutely <laughs> not. We're not doing this. <laughs> like, this is horrible. There I'm was like, an okay. uprising. No. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> just, I mean, there was, like, it was horrific. Uh, so they went to mulch, and then we threw little pine chip, uh, pellets in there that, like, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of blow out, like, cat litter. Uh, but, no, I don't. I, I, that I is one thing that I've never completely understood, the I, paper with colubrids thing. No. Um mm in any way like at all
0: so yeah no and then you're you're folding newspapers and you look at your hands and you're like oh my god i got blue
3: hands
1: now this
0: one's i got like the sunday cartoon Mm. printed on my palm (laughs) like yeah I, i
2: would say one of the the greatest things i got with my python keeping was one of those um craft paper rollers for um, my snack room you just pull it and rip it and i'm like this is so much easier what was i doing back in college right stealing a ton of newspaper out of those dispensers like that was a bad idea (laughs) that's what i did (laughs) well my college they had free newspapers for the students nobody got them so i just walk around and grab them all and leave i actually have a funny story about
1: that um so i they would put the paper out back when it wasn't digital Mm. in the early 2000s uh on like Tuesday, it was Tuesday mornings, and then mm-hmm. I would wait until Wednesday afternoon to let the people that actually wanted to get <laughs> want the paper to do. get it. Right, and then I would systematically go to like three different newsstands on campus that were as far away from me as possible. Mm-hmm. Wait till no one was looking, grab every single paper, shove in my backpack. They actually thought that the readership was going up, so they increased <laughs> the number of printing and bought more newspaper. Uh, cause I was like, wow, this is cool. I still, I, I used my last newspaper from the school last year. Like I, I had them amassed everywhere and they were, they, they fit a 28 quart tub perfectly. perfectly. Like, there was yeah. no cutting or anything. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Um, I just recently told the person who was doing journalism at the school that I did that and they were not happy. No, so, yeah. Cause Yeah. I went to West Lib, so there's that. <laughs> oh, okay, so how about breeding? A is easier to breed? And I know when I say that, I'm talking about 2000 plus species of snake. But, <laughs>
2: okay. uh, but, uh, yes, no, I'm um, uh-huh. a problem is, is that again, it, it's it's such a sliding curve. Is yeah. a collier, is a corn snake easier to breed than a white lip? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, of course mm-hmm. it is. Um but are there colubrids that i have they're driving me nuts <laughs> like i have i have Uni-Color clearbos and i have had to date um 20 eggs none of them good <laughs> like really? not a single one um and we just keep pushing that ho- up the hill and then i have um i have my blue beauties this will be the fourth year where they've chilled together and done nothing so yeah. now i'm like all right you right, you're gonna make me dna test you you bastards because like mm-hmm. they're they're right in between that like i don't know if it's a boy or a girl like it's so yeah. yeah matt can pump out
1: beauty snakes like they're going out of business but you and i <laughs> oh <Owen>, and cannot <laughs> cannot do it can't do it
3: Yep, you I know plenty of slug something.
1: eggs slugs but mm. no fertile
0: and that yeah, you know it, it's funny having this conversation it still brings me back to the aspect of having multiple males mm-hmm. where most people just buy one pair that's my two that's pairs yeah, where I like having multiple males, where you can run the males separately through them and rotate them out.
2: So, I would say I, I have four olive pythons, which is ridiculous because they're they're huge. Yep. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I have my one male; it serves no purpose on this planet because he doesn't know what the females here for. He doesn't care. Where's his rat? Like, what's when's the next food item coming? My other male will breed a piece of rope, but. He mm-hmm. will only really, really get upset when he thinks the other boy has been someplace where he wants to be. So oh, that's crazy. like they're sitting there in the cage The my breeder males in with my female. Nothing's happening. But the other male just shed, Chuck, his shed in the cage. Now my breeder male is all around the cage. He's on top of the female breeding the hell out of her. Like it's it's that thing where it's like he his now his purpose in life is to piss off. And my other boy so that my other boy can make more babies like and thinking about that, I'm like only having I only have one pair of blue beauties. Maybe my male thinks there's no competition. Maybe he doesn't know what's going on. Maybe he's a female like there's a lot of different things that might be going on here. Um, but I would say that there are certain species that are easy to breed. I I tripped and fell and got a clutch of Chinese king rats this year. How did you do it? I put the boy in the girl's cage, and um, it happened <laughs> the like door. I t- closed the door and walked away. Mm. Like it was. Yeah. It, some of them are that easy. Um, other ones they take they take more finesse. They take more working. They need more things. Uh, we, Eric and I talk about this all the time. With a snake species, they maybe you've got like five triggers that'll make it want to ovulate and yep. breed, and maybe for one species you've got to get one of those triggers, and they're like a oh, cool eggs like 70 temperature dropped below 70 degrees. And I haven't eaten in a month. Cool. Good enough. I'll eat. I'll breed other species. It's like, you got to get all five of them. Like it's the temperature's got to get low. The food's got to get down. The heat's got to come up at the right time. There has to be an abundance of food. The male needs to get some kind of trigger. It needs to be snowfall. Who knows? So um, there needs to be competition. You know, he needs to know what's going on. He needs to have access to the female for that, two days where she cycles because that's just how quickly their cycle moves so there's a lot of things that might trip you up and that's just across the board with snakes so it's trying to find weird and interesting cool ways to fix those problems is what i kind of dig about the rare species too so
1: the the thing that i like about colubrids Mm. and and i know that pythons are in this you know this applies to them as well but it's definitely Mm -hmm. a thing with colubrids it's it's almost like there's different There's like three definite levels because you have corn snakes, which Mm -hmm. as long as you give them some kind of wintering period,
2: they'll breed. They are going (laughs) to breed.
1: Like we we have a giant colony of normal corn snakes at West Liberty. (laughs) And uh, we tried, I think it was nine. It was either nine pairs or 13 pairs. Mm. However many pairs, all of them went
2: so you know and, 13 and for was, 13 yes yeah,
1: perfect <laughs> we are producing a metric crap load of normal corn snakes. Um, but uh
2: flood the market of normal yes. corn snakes yeah uh,
1: like they were great though because it yeah. was fun to watch the students because i brumated everything here at my house mm-hmm. that's the one part of the, the equation i take out of their hands because <laughs> uh it's the only part that might get messed up you know do that but even then it doesn't have to. they don't have to get that cold they're very Mm. forgiving um Mm -hmm. but it's it's it that's what it's cool to introduce someone to herpetoculture with a thing Mm -hmm. like a corn snake because in a lot of herpetoculture circles they might be viewed as like too easy i don't view them that way at all they're no. like the thing that keeps you confident. It's <laughs> exactly. going to work. Yeah, that
2: that so, is what I, I told Eric is that I need yeah. more species that I can breed with my eyes closed. Yeah. So that I sit here and go, yay, I got eggs. Like, yeah. it's a no, exactly.
1: Because <laughs> I was like walking around with the students the other day. And I was like, mm-hmm. we went twelve for twelve. And then I was like <laughs> with corn snakes. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like you've got that, but then you've got like the next level up, which mm-hmm. are things that you have to cool where you have to cycle feed. Which mm-hmm. have to cycle feed and cool with Python. So, like, you know, there's a yes. similar thing there. Um, where they're not gonna go every year. Uh, mm-hmm. for me, that's barons racers. Uh barons racers they mate every year, but we don't get eggs from them every year at the right. university. Um, so those triggers you're talking about, they have more of those triggers than mm-hmm. the corn snakes do. And then there's other species of colubrid that are just like nobody can get them to go. Like right. um pseudo xenodon, and I don't mm-hmm. remember that I don't remember what they're Common name is the. They look like false water cobras, and they're from China, but they're okay, not, you know, yeah, that's a that's a genus of snake that's a Kalu mm-hmm. um but it's people have tried to breed those many many times, and I think there's only been a handful of clutches, mm-hmm. but they're they come from an environment that has the exact same thermal climactic <laughs> data as those corn snakes were talking. What
2: about. do you want? To yeah. It's,
1: yeah. So you know they're basically South Carolina in Asia, right? That's where 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 they are. So they should we you know we we have the technology to cycle animals at that climate, mm-hmm. um, but these things we can barely keep them alive because when you bring them in from the wild, they're par- they're frog eaters, so their parasite oh, loads are astro freaking um, yeah. But even when they get established, people rarely can get them to produce eggs. And that's right. one of the things I love about colubrids is if you want to have an easy year, <laughs> go out and buy a crapload of king snakes, yeah. and now we've got eggs everywhere. And yeah, then, it's like playing t ball. The ball's perfectly easy. right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can go to these other taxa, and they're it's it, they're not necessarily going to go. So right. Um, so with but, but you know, funny story. I'm the opposite of you, Owen. I can get mm. Poplin IJs to breed, but I cannot get Coastals to breed. To save
2: for <laughs> Finally, I've met my other yes. half to this whole equation. Uh-huh, I'm yes.
1: the gang when it comes to carpet. In fact, the damn Poplins this year, I brought them to my house because mm. uh, I cooled down everything and I put Govies out of my garage and I looked at the thermal sorry the graphs and i was like oh my Mm. god this is perfect for carpets because it was like getting up to like 82 during the day and it was dropping down to 60 at night and like like, these beautiful temperature groups so i thought this is the year the coastals will go and i'll throw those damn pop ones in there too and um (laughs) the pop ones like i'm talking immediately (laughs) locked like the second they were put together and the coastals (laughs) cuddled and i thought okay maybe nothing and uh the IJs are really good at hiding eggs. I learned that. They are very good at that. Yeah. Because yeah, I jungles. kept looking at the damn female. I'm like, you didn't go either. And then mm-hmm. one of the students, um, no, it was Miss Guthrie, the, the other Zeusai faculty member. She messaged me while I was out in the field. Actually, I was down in Costa Rica. And she was mm-hmm. like, hey, that uh, carpet python laid eggs and they, they're not pretty. I was like, oh. oh and of course, no. too, because I didn't tell you to look for them because I didn't think she was pregnant. Or sorry, oh. So, But they're, they're still cooking. Uh, right. but they I, don't get pretty. Three for three, three years in a row, three pop one clutches. Three times they snuck them by me, uh, I, I didn't know that. had, had to outsource
2: so- my pop ones to Jason Balin to even get <laughs> close to having a clutch. And yeah. I walked around. I'm like, I produced pop ones. They're like, Jason did all the work. I'm like, I took the babies after he was done, <laughs> and I raised my half. It <laughs> yeah. counts. I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I but point five pi- point five me. It's fine. Like you know, it's <laughs> it's whatever. But, but with but the pythons, it, though, is it? Mm.
1: Like I'm not good with pythons. I, I put those short tails together, and nothing.
2: <laughs> um, I don't think I'm good with pythons either. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just I have it so seems many. Like they either go or they don't. So
1: like you don't get like with colubrids, you can kind of <laughs> get some nuzzling, some of the yep. jerky, jerky mm-hmm. behavior when they're messing around on like near each other, that pre-copulatory mm-hmm. stuff. I seem to always get that, but with but I may not get a clutch. Uh, right. Like the bear and I will do that, um, but we don't necessarily get clutches. But with pythons and mm-hmm. me, it seems like they either go or, or they, they don't. don't. Like yes. those are your options. You, yeah. you they're either interested with each other and you're going to get eggs, or they give two craps about each other's existence and nothing's going to happen. Right. But, but I have a limited experience. Is that?
2: I, I would say kind of true you're, or not true at all. I would say it's. I would say it's. It's kind of true because I mean, like I. I would say that I have only ever seen one python lock this year. Um, and it was from my gold phase white lip. So it was like, (laughs) Oh, hello. Like, you know, what's going on here? Like, what are you doing? Um, and then, uh, I didn't see any of the other pythons lock, but I know they bred because I have eggs in the incubator. Mm -hmm. So like that works. Same thing goes with the collier birds. The only ones I saw actually lock were my, uh, Northern pine snakes, but you're right. Same thing. I put the male in the female's cage jerking, moving around, there was some chasing going on. There's like activity. There's like, okay, yes. <laughs> you put a male python in, in a female's cage. He just kind of lays there for a little bit. And maybe you'll catch them courting or spurring, but that's if you get a really overzealous boy who wants to just kind of go right now. Um actually that's not true. I did catch another lock. It was from the rough scales. And that's just, again, because I was probably up against the glass of their tank all the entire time, like, just (laughs) doing a Garfield, like, what's (laughs) going on in here? Are you breeding? Like, it was that thing, too. But um, it's one of those things where they'll kind of curl up with each other. You don't really have a real kind of idea of... um, if you're on the right track, there's a reason I bought an ultrasound. Okay. Yeah. And this is the reason I bought the ultrasound is because too many times I'm looking at a Python and I'm like, are you ovulating? Are you grabbing The hell did you eat a rabbit like, what is going on here? <laughs> so it helps with me of just being able to look at them and check it out and see, because um, I confirmed, it, I confirmed at least two Python clutches this year. And then next year, what I'm probably going to do is go for one of my females. that's really easy to tell when she's it. And I want to actually do ultrasounds the whole way through. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, I want I want to see what the follicles look like. I want to like basically almost weekly ultrasounds to try to get just gauge it for my own. Just so I know what I'm looking at when I zero in on this stuff. Um, It's hard to ultrasound a colibriac they just they're built different i tried to ultrasound my uh beauty snakes and it just wouldn't work like they were just they're just built so triangle like almost Mm -hmm. that i'm trying to do it and all i can see like that's her spine okay and muscle like i don't know what's happening in there so um and that
0: blue beauty is
2: like attacking your oh yeah she was like biting the hell out of me whatever just chewing my arm it's fine like Mm -hmm. just it's whatever um it's it just is one of those things where you're exactly correct. You don't know if you didn't get a Python collection until after it sheds and you get past that four week mark and there are no eggs. Um, so yeah, that that is definitely something that I like about the colubrids is that mm. when they are
1: not all the time, but when mm-hmm. when they are gravid, you oftentimes know.
2: You know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um yeah.
1: I do the this trick. I learned actually as a field biologist, it was taught to me on my grad advisor where you like. Pick them up and let them settle. And then you like follow down the ventral scales and bloop, there's the breadloaf. Yep. Okay, <laughs> there. like, yeah, I did that with that because I don't have experience with yeah. Pythons. That freaking female poplin this year. And I was like, all right, there's nothing. I've yeah. now come to find out that you don't do that with Pythons. No. They just. Their eggs swell magically when they lay them. I don't know what the hell's going on there and why she doesn't look fatter than she actually is. But
2: anyway, the pythons will also pop out their belly scales and have that kind of like square uh-huh. belly scale when they're really gravid. So when you hold them up like that, they just yeah. it just goes uniform. And it just, and yeah. it just it, there's no this thing. You have to catch them when they're climbing in this weird angle <laughs> to see them. And of course, you're just like, Did I did I just see? what I think I just saw. And then if you try to investigate it, she tenses up and you can't. So it's, it's a hit or miss thing. I, it's even worse with, um, my, uh, Dominican red mountain boa. I never know when those things are coming until there are babies run around the cage. Like it is, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. The live bears are fun.
2: Live bears suck. <laughs> like, <it's just> like, <laughs> oh my god, they're everywhere. Like with yeah. like, and that's the problem with my mentality. Like we're talking about with the Chinese king rats. Eggs are here. I have this much time now to learn how to take care of a, of a fresh hatchling. Boas, it's like, oh crap, they're here. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> like I have to do it now. So it's yeah, there's a reason I only have like three species of boa.
0: Well, and it's even hard too, because a lot of um mm-hmm hobbyists may not even be able to pick up when mm-hmm. a female is ovulating and colubrids too. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when you see it the first time you're like, Holy cow, you have yeah, already. <laughs> and you're like,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, uh, my big thing with pythons is that they, they trip me out a lot. Uh, a few times um, I've had and, and this is why I kind of got away from doing male, multiple males with mul- uh, one male with multiple females is because I would take the boy because he's been, in with this girl they've been locking up and she looks huge and i'm like okay cool in with your next female and i would do that with the other female and then i would pull it and then both females would go from this to and no eggs from anybody and it's like Mm -hmm. oh so i pulled him when she was ovulating (laughs) god that sucks like it's so that's why it's now this is your girl for the year and when she is a hundred percent without a doubt gravid, then maybe you might get another girl at the end of the year. So it, it's had to change that whole thing. And um, I kind of didn't tend to do the same thing with the collier as well. It just isn't like male goes in the female cage. he's not going into another girl's cage until that's a slam dunk. Um, and it just makes it easier with collier to bounce out. That's why um, with the, uh, giant mad hogs i actually have two trios set up so there's a boy and his girls that's it like i'm not swapping it around i'm not bouncing a boy mm-hmm. between two separate setups of girls i have two males and those are their females so this year actually um i i swapped up i changed the boys out to so they both have different females so we'll see how this goes so nice. yeah do, do you
1: have any thoughts matt Because I know you've bred some pythons and boas in your Mm day. Is there any kind of difference between the two in your experience?
0: I I personally think that there's more observation aspects with pythons and boas that you have to be cautious of, Um, especially monitoring while you have animals together Mm -hmm. for courtship. But I agree with Owen here. I mean, typically, and, and this is something that I hold strong too, especially now with Breeding colubrids primarily is you need to just have a male in there until yeah. you know 100% uh-huh. sure that that animal is gravid um because i think what happens typically especially um rhino rat snakes for instance um i i keep mine in colonies together mm-hmm. and you have to be somewhat careful of that too because you have to be cautious of overzealous males with biting but You know, you you have a guaranteed access to that female during the optimal time. And those animals are going to pick up on those cues Mm -hmm. based upon pheromones, scenting. um, And it really just helps if you're trying to successfully breed a species because in the wild, these animals aren't going to be, you know, 100% together. You're basically giving the guy... (laughs) complete access to that female <laughs> during that entire time yes. and she he can't really get away out, from him yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if he strikes out man he's got to work on his game i guess Yeah, but yeah the the reality of like the hobby you know what happens is you always see people offer animals as trios right 1.2 mm-hmm. or you know um and, and a lot of people buy just one pair or they buy a trio thinking that having an extra female is going to increase their odds. Um, Personally, I like I've said during our last episode, I like to keep more males and it's because of the same thing. It's just, if that male isn't doing it, throw another male in. And I mean, papers have been published in in terms of competition of sperm with multiple males breeding Mm -hmm. a female. And it it just, it's a numbers game realistically. I think
2: that's something we said on NPR. Uh, it's like, you're not serious or you're not trying real. You're not really trying until you have 2.2. <laughs> then right. you're actually trying. Yeah. Um. Everything else is like, well, maybe. Um. So I, I mean, it, it's, I would say having the multiple males and it always seems like with pythons cohabbing is like a bad word. Like you're mm-hmm. totally, you cohab your pythons. What's wrong with you? And it's like, that's, That's because I think that people, because most colubrid species or some colubrid species are smaller, and you can probably get away with cohabbing them in a lot of the setups that we have access to. In order to cohab a python species of a certain (laughs) length, like now you're looking at a big-ass cage. Um, But I almost feel like the same thing is that having that cohabitation or having access to the female when she's cycling is something that is a lot of these harder species breeders miss. Um, I started putting tunnel systems in my Python cages. So my Timor pythons each have six foot cages, but there is a five inch PVC pipe that goes through the side and is capped on either end that if I need to, I can just go in there and open up the caps And they have access to each other through this tube. Um, And I've done that where I would just kind of, they would be on separate, in separate cages. I'd cap it, feed them, uncap it. They have access to each other. I did that all last year. Um, Nothing happened, but I like it so much that I'm doing it with all the other species. So, (laughs) um, and then I'm actually probably going to run my crebo because they're getting into new cages soon. And then the same thing, they're going to have access to each other where it takes me out of the equation of like the male wasn't in with the female at the right at the right time because my dumb ass didn't put him in there. So now season begins, open it up, access. Um, And then also kind of makes it so with higher stress species, like the white lips and things like that, they just get really pissed off if I try to manhandle them or something. Less handling, I open it the male will go find the female when he wants her. So kind of moving that way with some things too. So,
1: well, that, that actually leads to one of the the last (laughs) questions I want to ask on this Python, Colubrid, Colubrid, Python discussion (laughs) that we're having here. Is there a caging difference between the way you keep your Colubrids versus your, your Pythons?
2: Like, I mean, other than the paper thing we talked about, (laughs) like it was (laughs) other than the paper thing. Um, no, I mean uh, like the four foot the the four by two by two cage works great for a lot of things um yep. and it kind of like it gives you a chance to put a shelf in there, branches you know I think I think birds will use i I, I love the bird thing because if uh, a tree fell in my yard like two years ago and I gutted that thing like I ripped it apart and there are pieces of it in all my bird cages and they use it like yeah. Uh, the pythons could give some of them could give a damn. Like it's just like, why is there a stick where my plastic bin from Walmart is that I like to sit on? Like well, I don't mm-hmm. understand. So um, but no, I mean I the same kind of caging, PVC works great. Um I'm probably gonna move uh the crebos are getting moved out to these big finished wood cages because that's just what I have in six foot. But right. um I and the rhinos are in a in a octagon shaped tank that's taller than me the rhinos are so it's yeah nice yeah you can pick your poison each one's different but yeah you can do it and
1: all the the only thing that i've noticed you kind of alluded to it is that Mm. my the pythons and boas that i work with seem to be very much like i give them spaces like those Mm -hmm. the yellow anacondas in a either an eight or seven foot long enclosure that's Really deep. It's like three mm-hmm. feet deep. Um, and two foot tall. And they basically hang out in their water bin. And then they get they get fed their rat once every two or three weeks. Big rat. Like I give mm-hmm. them one large meal because that's what they seem to do in nature more often than not, based off the papers I've read. Yeah. And then the things will go lay under the heat panel for about five days, go back to the water bowl, take an enormous dump. Mm-hmm. And then wait for me to get the. Wa- like they they're kind of goofy. My my two do not like dirty water, so they will they will like wrap oh, thank around God. the water bowl <laughs> like and look at me like get this shit out of here. Yeah. I'm like okay, and then I'll take that, dump it in the driveway, give them water, and they're literally like sliding into into the water it as you're putting it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they sit there like they they. And my carpets do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have a green tree python at school um, that we got from a roanoke zoo and it has sat on the it's in a nice big net we keep it the way everybody says you can't keep green tree pythons by the way it's in a gigantic (laughs) naturalistic enclosure Mm. but it could really be reduced down to one stick
0: because it it literally lives on (laughs)
1: one stick so uh, that's a great example of if you give a green tree python multiple sticks It will live on one stick. It'll
2: find the one it likes. Yeah, Yeah. Uh (laughs) it'll use the other ones to get to the one that it likes. But 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 they don't seem
1: to move. Like that whole ambush predator thing is. Now, now I I do have one exception. Um, Mm. this is you'll you'll appreciate this, Owen. So Mm. when I was building the collection at West Liberty, I was like, I'm picking my pythons. So you know, I bought a (laughs) I bought a bunch of, or I didn't buy. We Mm. we inherited the best word a bunch Mm -hmm. of ball pythons so i was like okay we'll have like the starter pack and then i was like liasis and we're getting water pythons
3: oh god no (laughs) (laughs) oh god
1: i at the time was ignorant to the dichotomy Between the Queensland water pythons and the New Guinea water pythons,
2: angry New Guinea ones. And I was like,
1: you know, I don't (laughs) understand why people pay so much more money for a brown snake that's from Queensland, Australia versus New Guinea. So I'll just buy these New Guineas. and they—they were the. There have been like four snakes that have been kicked out of the ZSI program. Four species, (laughs) and the fuscus are now in my garage. Mm. and um the new guineas are now i i bought another pair of queenslands and Mm -hmm. they are still at school like there really is something No, they're really
2: yeah um Uh, i'm trying to breed my fuscus and melissa's like why why would you put more of these things on the earth i'm like (laughs) i
1: I will happily take any of the water angle but that (laughs) species i will say in my experience does cruise the crap out of its cage like they're not just sitting there i mean i actually like them because they're to me they they remind me of like an aquatic creepo mm-hmm. almost like they're not they're they're not like i had them at school we had them in um viv's
0: mm-hmm.
1: pvc enclosures and this one female in particular it was just so demonic angry at the universe that it what it, it started the 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 point where it had to leave and come home with me was when the kids would look through the door they weren't through the door yet they were looking through this little window on the door and she hit and the, the the fuscus would pick up on them and you you could see it like bam 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 like just literally
2: yeah it, it sounds like them. mine <laughs> yeah. so I was like, okay
1: <laughs> those need that needs to leave um, yep and i brought him home and she went to a quarantine rack um interestingly the, the big female now is it's a it's a puppy dog that occasionally bites you so like you'll be doing the hand over hand i will yeah. and she's fine and then the next thing you know, she's hanging off my neck for about right. 10 seconds. And then nice. she's like, all right, I did. I, I, I had my obligatory moment of anger. Now we're going to go back to being OK and everything's all right. So uh, that, that's uh, the one python in my experience that um, was pretty damn mobile, like a, like a colubrid. Now, that, now, the colubrids that I have, I don't really have any that I would think are, are overly Cecil. Like they seem to yeah. all move some point in the day. That I
2: actually it was something really cool is this year um, when I was breeding, um, it, it turns out I, I have four northern pine snakes. I mm-hmm. thought I had 2.2. It turns out I have 3.1. And the reason <laughs> I find out I have 3.1 is because of, you know, the other pair was not getting along with each other. Yeah. Um, but I would say that what's really interesting is that during the entire breeding season, because females' case was here and she's in with the male and then across this little gap is the two other males in their cages. Every day I would come in and all the mulch would be on the other like it would be pushed <laughs> from the door yeah. to the back and it would just be mm-hmm. bare cage because they've just been doing this Zoom up against the, mm-hmm. like all day. Day after she lays the eggs, I don't see them. They're not there anymore. They're not like cuz they used to be in the front of the cage up against the glass. That's cool. She lays the eggs. I, I have to go find the two boys now. They're in bins. They're in the back. They're hanging out. They're chilling. I'm like, okay, so the female that you was ovulating that you sensed is now gone. <laughs> like yeah. you, you don't care anymore. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. Now I know that I should, uh, you know, now we know what's happening here. So I have to confirm it, but I'm pretty sure I have 3.1. So, yeah. Uh those are the joys of the hobby, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that's what I what I keep saying to people. Breeding season is nothing but tremendous highs and gut punching lows. Yes, <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's a good breeding season if you've only had three gut punches in one year. Like, uh-huh. it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, anything else you want to add to this? I feel like this was a pretty good discussion. It I feel like it was a pretty one. good
2: discussion, and I feel like if you're um either if you're a call bro- breeder who wants pythons or a python breeder who wants call do it <laughs> and then yeah. figure it out <laughs> like you know you can figure it out you got this <laughs> so so i have a just don't question. use paper don't, you, use, paper. don't use don't, paper. don't <laughs> use paper <laughs>
1: All right, that's that's dumb so then yeah are you mm. a, a python guy that keeps colubrids or a colubrid guy that keeps pythons because we have to ask that question
2: I refuse to answer. Eric is listening. <laughs> by the way, I, I would, um, under the advice of counsel, Mr. Rob Stone, um, I, I refuse to answer this question. That's fair, because um, <laughs> it will only be used
1: against you for the rest would, exactly of anything <laughs> I say would be used
2: against me immediately. There would be some mm-hmm. sort of bigfoot-like meme. I
0: had try to see what's happening. Yeah. it's yeah. the cosmic octopus. It is. Yeah, there you go.
2: It's always mm-hmm. the cosmic <laughs> octopus.
1: all righty well well, let's do a hard left to leave our 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 favorite genus of the day Heterodon, which are the mad hogs nice um i always get into trouble because i say mad hog and i am talking about the giants Mm -hmm. but there are the three species the giants the speckleds and the blondes Mm -hmm. and you have all three yes i do so the million dollar question is why did you get what what, i like this is like you like your (laughs) oddballs This is definitely an interesting group to do, like, swan dive into the deep end. Yeah. Um, which which you've definitely committed yourself to. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's point. the deal with these guys? Why do you have... Why do you like uh, them and why do you have so many? There we well, go. all right.
2: Well, we can say that the first appeal is that I wanted False Water Cobra, but I didn't feel like I was <laughs> man enough to get them or was that. prepared enough to get them. And I wanted something else in my collection, mm-hmm. but I didn't want... You know, and this and it, at this point in time, like I had tried with the copper blacks. I had tried with the radiated. I had tried with, um, oh, God, Jensen. I a couple things like I had mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff that went through the collection for a little bit and it just wasn't working either bad imports that I could never get going or it wasn't the right kind of setup. But a couple stuff. And Riley had just had his success with his mad hogs and he had the clutch. And I was observing that and I was talking with him and I was kind of, they were on my radar of something being interested in. And then the opportunity presented itself and I got a pair. Um, and it was, like you said, it was <laughs> diving headfirst into a species. Um, but I did have some handholding with Riley and other, some other people who helped me out with mm-hmm. that, but they were just interesting. Like, they were interesting from the get-go. Everything was brand new. Everything yeah. was, that's not how a carpet python would do that. So, or <laughs> a corn snake or anything. Oh, my yep. God. So, and it was a bunch of stuff that I could kind of play around with and 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 get to. And they grew like weeds. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like the falsies where it's just like, I don't want you to grow quickly. Okay, thank you. <laughs> like, I guess yep. I'll put you in that six-foot cage now. Like, it's been a month. Cool, thanks. So, um And it was just trying to see what I could do with trying to almost like uh, stretch my imagination of what I can do with these things and what you could possibly do with trying. And uh, I, I just thought they were cool and that they were something that I might not see. And the giants that summer, um, I want to say it was maybe the year after. So I think my giants were about a year, year and a half old. And Madagascar like exploded. So yeah, blondes that. were everywhere, speckles were everywhere. And it was like one of those things that, that like I have that carpet python breeder fever. I can't mm-hmm. just have one, right? Like I can't, I have to get the whole complex, right? So mm-hmm. got the blondes. Um, I got a I have a I had a um four of them that were sold to me as adult provens that were not <laughs> adult yeah. or no proven. Um and then uh various replacing because i I thought i had females but i did not so it turns out i had like two males and then a girl and then i got another one that turned out to also be a male so i have three male blondes one female blonde um and then i had the pair and then i got the pair of speckles because they're actually my favorite because they're so they're cool looking number one and then they're so chill they don't do they're 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 not they won't chase live prey. Like, I'll put live rodents in there. My female will not. She won't do it. She's like a nest raider. So you got to mm-hmm. put, like, a cup of, like, rat fuzzies in there. And mm-hmm. she'll kill and eat all the rat fuzzies. And then she'll go back underneath a cork bark tube. Oh, like, that's, that's cool. all she wants to do. So mm-hmm. she does that. So she only gets fed when I go because I don't breed my own rodents. So I mm-hmm. only she only gets fed when I go to reptile shows. And I can get a bunch of rat fuzzies. But she'll eat, them like, ten of them. And then she's gone for that's pretty cool she's hiding underneath cork bark and stuff like that so that's cool with them so again it's just that's what kind of hooked me is the observations of all these weird because each one acts different too so yeah
1: so, so what do the blondes do that's unique to them because i, oh, I have,
2: jerks. <laughs> just jerks <laughs> jerks they're just assholes <laughs> they're, just, they're just blonde assholes um it's um actually they're they're the ones who look the most like say like a western hog nose mm-hmm. but they have the neck flare and yeah. um the hoods and stuff too But unlike the Giants, the blondes never settle. They don't get as big, but they're like on point. They are always all up with it. It was and they're just they're just jerks. I actually had to buy venomous tubes because they won't. um, I I thought I had uh, 2.2. And that's how we ended up that I ended up having 3.1 of the blondes is because two of them in the span of 20 minutes did. A lot of damage to each other. Really? Like just, oh, I mean, we're talking cuts, scrapes, all this stuff. Luckily, Melissa is a vet technician, so she's taking care of all the blondes, but they're biting me, biting her. It's like okay, so (laughs) tubes, tubes, Mm -hmm. and then we can clean, and yeah. So Mm -hmm. um but yeah, they're they're just fun because when the their color goes from like the either like a dull, almost mustard-like to this bright gold. Like, they really color up really nice. So, huh. um, they're really interesting. I like them, too. So,
0: Now, Owen, just yeah. real quick, um, I assume most of these animals are wild-caught animals or wild-caught specimens?
2: I would say, right now, um, both my speckles are wild-caught. Um, and then three out of my four blondes are wild-caught. One is captive-born and bred. Um, and then my giant... I have, I have six in total right now. Giants, and one because uh, Riley gave me his trio, um, and then she also came with one. He also came with one of his captive born and bred females. So, um, yeah, out of my six adults, one is captive born and bred. The others are all wild caught. Oh, I'm sorry, my any, my original uh, two are cap. My original two were captive hatched. So okay. a wild off female came, laid eggs, and that's where my original two came from. Three others are wild caught, and one is a captive born bred.
0: Were there any keys to establishing the animals in captivity?
2: Yeah, because you have to play around with a lot of stuff. I right, mean, yes, obviously, it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, for I work with the
1: giants, and they're exactly they in the ass when they come <laughs> off the ship.
2: The giant, so. the giants that I have, that I, I, I cheated. I have. My captive hatched, I raised up and then Riley raised his or was worked to his for so long that they came and they kind of plugged right into my system, but trying to play with getting them to eat and seeing what they go like I, I figured out that that one speckled only wanted to raise nests by trial and error and trying to get this stupid thing to eat anything that I would provide for it, because the giants will eat out of the bowl that I do with a bunch of the other things like one meal. It's got like a bunch of mice, some chicks, fish, a bunch like in this bowl, and they eat the whole thing. Blondes won't do that; they just would eat one item out of it, and then they leave the rest, rest, rest to rot. Um, speckleds, <coughs> they won't do it either. So it's weird. You almost have to figure out what this snake will do, and then just what the snake wants you to do, and then do it. So um, you're offering. I'm offering mice to the blondes and the speckleds once a week. Um, and then the Giants is uh, usually every other week they get a big like pack them full of food and then that's it.
1: I had a, an import that I was trying to get established mm. because when for the Hognose Snake book, the, the editor, we were talking about the book and he said, mm. hey. Why don't you just throw in those other hognose snakes too? And I was like, you mean the ones that aren't hognose snakes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, but I was like, yeah, sure. What the hell? Because they're oddballs, and I like that. So I thought yeah. I need to get those. And I had, I've gone. I have great luck until I don't. Mm. That, that's the way I explain it. I, I get yeah. them established, and then they just they would crash, and then I, I would do a necropsy, and it turns out they're just loaded yeah with trematodes and their lungs and um various nematodes round worms whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. and I and I could never get the flagell and all that stuff to to clear them out yeah Uh, but one group that I had I couldn't get them to eat anything and uh I had the falsies in here I was raising they were actually in my office uh, Mm -hmm. and the falsies refused their frog legs so I thought oh what the hell I'll throw that in there and these like shy quiet little snakes that are scared to death of zach come roaring out of their dialed up to 11 yep mm-hmm. missed the damn frog leg and bit my shirt on my belly and then was like ripping like this i was like okay we're on to something here this is what we've been trying to find yep so yep. I, I found that they would eat i could get them to eat frog legs like crazy which was kind of cool yep. um but then i i moved those on because i was just afraid with all the parasites and then Jennifer Joseph, who we've had on our show, mm. she got a clutch of um, giants, and I have got a pair from her. And I can flat out tell everybody that's listening that working with captive bred animals versus so the import, <laughs> just, like, we always talk about how it's so much easier. This is definitely a tax in my experience, where it is it, it goes beyond night and day because mm-hmm. uh, I have a male that is just like a corn snake. He, when I bring the rodents into the, the room, he smells it and he's patrolling. Mm-hmm. And then but my female's fun, she will not eat anything on her own. Uh, but she will assist feed everything and anything I put in her mouth, she'll try to eat so
2: lazy. I ass. have to literally
1: <laughs> and she also is full of piss and vigor and wants to like bite, which is mm-hmm. great with them. Um, so but 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 she's now growing. Once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I figured out the the, the secret bullet. But one of the so my my this diatribes about this. Do you find then that like, it sounds like it once you kind of dial into what the individual snake wants, the, the code is cracked. Cause that's mm-hmm. kind of my experience with them. Yes. With just the giants. Yes. Now yeah, finding yeah, yeah. that code is a pain in just, the ass, but once you find it, you're, you're set.
2: I, I would say it's across the board, giants, blonde speckles, like, okay. like whatever that animal wants. Once you key into it, it can even be as simple as don't offer me the mouse, just open my cage and put it the, down and walk away, <laughs> like that's what some of them might want too, Which is my one female, um, the one that my my one blonde is probably going to lay like any day now. Um, mm-hmm. She will not eat off tongs and she will not eat alive. She wants it on top of her cork tube and then leave. Don't like <laughs> just don't don't dance around it. Put it down, get out, and mm-hmm. then she'll eat it. Now I'm kind of figuring how it kind of got hip that she might be gravid is the mouse was still there. And I'm like, well, that's yeah. not right. Like it's yeah. kind of that thing. Now I have to go find you. Like it's yep. kind of one of those things. Um, it's, you know, I, 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 when I got into snake breeding, you know, I have a pinky pump that I'm going to have framed <laughs> in my wall because this is a useless, <laughs> useless tool that every herper in the early 2000s thought they freaking needed. Um, yeah. I am definitely in the school of, I don't want to force you to eat anything. Tell me what you want to eat, and I'll get it for you. That's easy yeah. enough. And there are so many different options. Um, my friend Dan, uh, you, you know him, I mean, Zach. Did. Yep, mm-hmm. he breeds button quail, and he will bring me over baby button quail, live baby button quail. And there's nothing that'll get a snake interested in the world to eat than a (laughs) bumblebee sized bird running around their freaking cage. (laughs) So, and that's for pythons and everything. So, um, one of my baby mad hogs last year would not eat, went for that. And then we we've started, we have, we got something. So then it was shifting them onto frozen quail. Then it was shifting them onto scented rodents. Then it was, here's your food. Then it was everything in sight could be eaten. So, you just got to get a, somewhere to start. You got to get a handhold into it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, so what's your, your, you, you talked about the communal setup? Yes. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Like, so, is it just a four by two? Is it a drawer of a rack? Like what what are you uh, doing on that front?
2: Well, it's weird because it's only the giants that are communal. I don't do the communal okay. for the blondes because of blood Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> that that one did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> so communal for them? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And it's not communal like multiple males, it's trio communal. So okay. there's no boy and his two girls. Gotcha. Um, actually, it's a boy and one girl because the other female is still growing up, but it'll eventually yeah. be two females. It's a four by two um, with a heat panel um one of those plastic bins you get at Walmart that has a little yellow top like yeah. a mm-hmm. 5 gallon thing yeah that there and then it has a water bowl a couple cork tubes or the flat cork things that they can get under and that's it um and then they're all communal and then when feeding time comes around i have a spare 41 quart that like you know um that we were talking about earlier where you just have empty bins yeah. for that kind of stuff it is a 5 high So, I will literally go through and grab, open this, open the cage, Mm. grab whatever mad hog I need, put them in the bins, and they're already pre mulched and stuff like that. And I'll separate everybody out. Um, So that everybody's got their, there's one in each cage and then everybody else is in a bin in the rack. Gotcha. And then I give them their little bowl of food and then I leave. And then come next day, figure out who ate, who didn't. Everybody goes back in the cage with each other. And, That's what that's what it is. And that's they are with each other all year round all the time. Um, There'll be this point where they'll all kind of be curled up together and then you'll start seeing the male kind of over here, which Mm -hmm. kind of means that I guess they're cycling or they're kicking them out in a way. Um, They will set up in different areas, um, but come breeding season, come egg laying season. um, Like I never even pulled the males. Um, or the other females. So, I, I mean, uh, he's usually outside the bin and then the females are laying inside the bin and I have one, my second clutch of mad hogs. She laid the eggs on top of the other female that was in the <laughs> bin with her. And they were just hanging oh, yeah. out together mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Cause I took the first picture and I'm like, people can think I'm insane. There's too many snakes <laughs> and then there's eggs. Um, and, uh, then, a couple weeks later, the other female did the same thing to her, the other one. Like, so they <laughs> switched. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, no aggression, no scars, no biting, mm-hmm. no anything. Even if there's food thawing in the room, they just that that's. They get it done. And I want, almost want to attribute that to the whole, like, I'm not opening up the cage and throwing mice at these animals. It's, you know, food comes in a dish. So do, do you do any thermal cycling? with them i mean yeah some thermal cycling because i have the the the, their their computer systems are more like a safety net like the heat system is set up to kick on if the cage drops below a certain temperature which in this python room it doesn't so they're they're very much on the Um, I think maybe they get like, uh, I don't even think it's 80. I think it's like 80 degrees hot, like during the day is what it's set to. So if it's too cold in there, it'll get it up to 80 during the day. And then it will not let the cage get below, um, 70 something at night, which, you know, inside, indoors during the summertime, those, those computer systems don't even turn those heating elements don't even turn on summer round. So they just sit there. So, um, but yeah, they don't really go. No cycling out to the to the side rooms or anything like that. It's just I do lessen their food. So like the bowl during the summertime is like silverside fish, um, a frog leg, uh, a giant, a large mouse maybe, and then it's like whatever. Like it could be um, scallops, it could be chunks of tilapia, it could be whatever. That's what it is in the summertime. And then when we get towards winter time it's like there's less in there there's like maybe a chick gotcha. and a rat and a mouse there's this like this kind of lesson. and then one of my males did get a little chunky so he's just on a diet so he's just he's just not getting a lot anyway just because i don't want him to die of fatty tumors or whatever so but it's it's really weird and really kind of cool just to have that species where it's like <laughs> Um, I must be doing something right. Goddamn it! <laughs> like it's just yeah. like I'm, I'm like uh I'm like and and I, I do this every year. I wander around and I'm like I don't think I'm gonna get any eggs from these guys or or insert something here is not gonna breed for me to this year. And I'm sitting on 21 madhog eggs at this point yeah, right now. Crazy. Where I'm like, oh shit, there's another one. And I'm like, well, you know what? We got one clutch. I'm like, seven. We got seven. So we got seven last year, seven this year. That's awesome. And then another female laid like seven. And I'm like, okay, 14. Whatever. <laughs> and then that other female, I'm like, she's not gonna lay. Another seven. Like, is seven the magic number with you creatures? Like, mm-hmm. what has happened? So um, they're all in the bin and they're all they're all due in the next like two weeks. Oh, soon. That's cool. So I'm like, all right, that'll be fun. They're they're such cool little babies. I mean, and comparing hatchlings which is just like i have hatchling carpets going on right now and 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 i get a kick out of baby carpets coming out of eggs but have something brand new that you've never produced before Mm -hmm. come out of an egg and then just have one baby it's just sitting in the egg chilling checking you out as you're checking it out it was i loved it and that of course has just got me hooked on like what's something new in my collection that i can breed this year like what (laughs) (laughs) carpets forget you guys what else like it's so i i I dig them they're a really really cool species um and i think if you're somebody who's into uh larger colybrids, you know false water corpus stuff
0: like that they're they're right in that wheelhouse no and i you know just listening Mm -hmm. to you talk about the communal attributes of the habitat i I really do think you're onto something there Mm -hmm. too um because more than likely the females are probably nesting together in the wild Mm -hmm. yep and then male more than likely is um protecting the the eggs too yep. well from predators.
2: And, and so. I can't take credit because Riley was the one who really did the whole communal setup when he had that trio. And he just, he was just, um, the painting on the wall that happens every once in a while just kind of got too much for him. And he was like, please just take these. And I'm like, okay. I was not expecting these girls to transition that well, moving yeah. from his place in California to my place. And then even the younger captive born and bred female is starting to shift over to that. The way I do feedings of like bowls and stuff like that. She's, she's putting on size and it's, it's really interesting to see how that's going to come along. And then by swapping the boys this year, I'm going to have completely unrelated stuff next year, which is even better. So
0: we'll see how that goes. So, so how are the babies to get going? That's (laughs) my next question. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
2: it's the same same rules. It's it, it's it's rules of everything, you know. You offer frozen thawed normal mouse to everybody. Oh my god, you ate one. You're my favorite. You go over here, like, <laughs> and that's all you will ever see now for the yep. rest of your damn life. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. But then you gotta get a little bit more interesting, you know. You gotta thaw it out with a chick. You gotta put some chick down on their heads. You gotta. um There's a uh, rodent pro does quail. I forget the species, um, but they are. The perfect size for baby carpets and baby giant mock because they're big babies too. Like they are, they're not yeah. small. They're not talking corn snake stuff. So, um some will take that. Uh, my friend Chris Salemi uh, works Bronx Zoo. He breeds carpets, stuff like that too. He also breeds knobtail geckos. And the best thing about knobtails is that they don't eat their damn skin. So, I <laughs> have a bag i had a bag last year that he sent me and he actually sent me another bag this year of just gecko sheds wet hopper take the gecko shed just wrap it around the hopper some will eat that i had to start getting creative with out of the seven babies that i had last year i had to get creative with one which is creative i mean buying a lizard to try to feed it or buying the 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 um, live button quail from dan so That was as creative as I had to get with those. And I did lose one, but that one had already started eating. So I don't know what happened there. It just kind of keeled. But everybody else and the same thing happens like we were talking about before. Once they start storming, it's one of those you open the bin, drop the food, close the bin, and then you hear a ruckus in there. Is it like attacks and kills it? And it's like, okay. Um, but it wasn't hard. I've had harder. I've had harder carpet clutches that pull my hair out. Um, now that of course is I've been breeding carpets longer and I was inexperienced <laughs> when I started. So um it it's cool. I enjoy it. You know, it's they're nice. not they're not horrible. And they're I just set them up in favorite. a um I just set them up in a five quart um hatchling rack with my carpets. And uh, they were on the same temperatures as the carpets, which is like a um 84, 85 degree hot spot, but it's back heat. So if they got and they would they would they would hang out at either end. They didn't really care. They wasn't like anything was really affecting them. And uh, it went well. What about incubating of the eggs? I mean, anything (laughs) special or unique? They're on a bin at the top on top of my python cages (laughs) there. (laughs) It's um, wet, uh, like almost to the point of clumping sand uh, vermiculite eggs right on that covered in damp moss in a bin on top of uh the pythons that's what i do with um the pine snakes corn snakes so i do with a lot of the calibert stuff and so far so good nice
3: Hmm.
1: yeah i just bought a brand new sea serpents incubator and uh my grad student alec was like you know, you could just put the eggs on top of the bins at the top of the room. Shut She's up, them there. Yeah. And then I zap it up
2: there. I'm like,
1: oh, it's like eight yeah. degrees up there. Huh? How about that?
2: <laughs> like, it's hot up there. Uh, like, yeah. That's um, interesting. That's just what I've always done. And it's one of those things of like, hmm, see if it works. And then it worked. And I'm like, all right, we're not gonna change anything anymore. Like yeah. if it, if that first clutch had bombed, that'd have been like, all right, we can't put them there. So um, but I like, uh, it's going to be interesting because it, you know, I say if, and that, that blonde females huge, <laughs> um, so I say if though, cause I don't, you don't count it till they're here. <laughs> um, if, if there are blondes babies this year, I want to see the comparison of the two because I do have one male that I bought as a hatchling, mm-hmm. but he came to me on gecko scented rodents. The guy actually gave me <laughs> a cup, of day geckos, he's like feed them these. So I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so, and I had to do scenting and stuff like that with him for a while until he transitioned over to unscented. But I want to see kind of if the blonde babies come out. If they're any harder. If they're any easier. are they yeah. really small? Yeah, I mean, they're. they're I, I on actually the small think side. I saw
1: the babies that you mm. bought. Okay, because the the guy. Um if he's from Pennsylvania, he's probably the only person that produced blonde hognose snakes. And he also he like produces, a pet store. Yeah, and he produces yep, yep. Mexican hognose snakes and I got some uh ah, Mexi nice. hogs off of him, but I was looking at the blonde hog. The, yeah, I got you know, one
2: male. So I got was him was thinking,
1: "Man, eh, maybe." Yeah. Then I saw the price
2: tag on those puppies and I was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> so he caught me at a right time where I sold a bunch of pythons. But then there you now, go. Yep. now, of course, I'm sitting here with three males. And I'm like, yeah, buying the boy was the great decision. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Good. So, yeah. Now I have two. my other two boys are now scarred up because of what they did to each yeah. other. And I'm like, thank you. Your price tags have now plummeted. Good job, guys. So, yeah. So then are there any this, like, final
1: quirks to Leah Heterodon that you've noticed now that you've kept all three and you've, you've produced <clears throat> one, definitely possibly two. Mm-hmm. Is there something that just, a uh, 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 someone getting into Madagascar, Hognose snakes if you could have known it back before you got into them, that you would want them to know.
2: Hmm. That, that, that they're most of the time they're big bluffers, like with, yes. with the hoods and everything like that they are met. They are huge. The like, don't touch me, don't. All right, fine. <laughs> like it's like you just scoop it up. It's <laughs> I'm defeated. Like they are huge bluffers and stuff like that. But do not like my blonde got me on my hand uh, a couple days ago, and that was just because I got distracted by the fact that she was grab it, <laughs> and she has never shown any kind of <laughs> anything like that. And I'm like the oh, I'm like ah, damn it, right. So, as cool and as everything that they are, do not kind of let your guard down on that whole part that they are still yes. the rear fang, and definitely know what is in your capability, and you know whether you are reactive to that kind of stuff because that can be very bad. But other than that, I mean, they're so much fun. I. I enjoy the hell out of them because they'll also be, they're very intelligent and inquisitive. My yes. my my giants will track me around the room. So they'll also do that, like, hop, like the spy hop, and they will slowly yeah, the raise periscope. themselves. like the periscoping. Yep. I'm walking around and then, like, slowly coming up from behind the bin, and then when I'm not <laughs> coming to their cage, just slowly back down. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. bye. <laughs> like, so it's, there's so much fun. So... That, that female mm. that I have that
1: needs to be assist fed and is extremely cage defensive. Uh, you can't see it, but like literally right here is a wall of PVC enclosures. Uh, and they were there until I moved them out over the weekend. But mm. um, I would be typing in here in the morning before their lights came on and the lights would come on and then the snakes come out and do their basking and da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would start feeling like I was being watched. And every time
2: <laughs> you would, I
1: would look at her enclosure and there's this like little snake, because she's not that big. She's only yeah. probably 15 inches long, but she would periscope half of her body up and just mm-hmm. be looking at me. And the second that I make eye contact with her, it's just like gone shoom, <laughs> right back down again. <laughs> and then about 10 minutes later, the exact same spot, like slowly run, <laughs> like the, the food monkey's still there. going Yeah. The hell <laughs> um no it's i got not proud of it but i was I, um because i have to assist feed this damn snake I've, mm-hmm. I, I, I have done the gamut live food frog legs fish yep. tilapia. um you know the whole thing the only thing way she will eat but she will eat every freaking time is if i grab her put the food in her mouth and she like. It's. A, I mean, I can tell she's trying to envenomate it. It's not right. like <laughs> num-nums and the tum-tums here. It's I will kill you. Like, that's what, what's going on. Well, I was on the receiving end of the I will kill you. I was pinning her in, um, gently pinning her. Mm-hmm. And my wife busted into the room, which she never does,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, thought something was out in the living room. Turns out there was nothing out in the living room. A book fell over. But when she... <laughs> Came charging in. I lost my focus. This is why I will never own a lapid or a viper. I've said this. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I get. get, Never going to happen. No. And then, well, bam. I mean, uh, and I knew immediately, like, this is going to be bad. Because (laughs) it is. She's she's doing what she does to the mouse. And it's the Mm -hmm. only time in my life I took the snake. And I'm like. I will not let you chew. Like I just stopped. <laughs> stop everything. Stop what and you're I was doing, like, please, Kathy. We will address whatever issue you have in approximately six minutes, because that's about how long <laughs> it's going to take for me to get her off of me. But uh, please let me focus on this. And then, you know, I got her off, got it off, and it didn't do anything. Because Jen Joseph, when she was on her show, talked briefly about madhogs, and she mentioned that she got bit by a baby, and it kind of felt like getting. Um, walloped by a hornet uh, and I've heard some other people say that if they can get the fangs in yeah chew a little bit it's it's painful. So yeah. uh, I, nothing happened to me thank goodness. Um, it was the craziest snake bite I've ever had actually because mm. I could see. The, i could see the fang i could see her trying to move her friend, to get like, it in and there up get it in and i'm like blocking it with the hemostat <laughs> trying to get my wife to walk out of the room slowly like it was, it was pretty damn intense
2: it's um, uh i would say so yeah you
1: got to give them tons of respect i will say that
2: yeah the my my one baby that got me my original female is the one that got me in the car because i'm an idiot um, it, it was my finger. It did swell up and it kind of itched yeah. and that was maybe for an hour and then it kind of went away. Yeah. So huh. I don't know. I yeah. haven't had any other issues, but you, y- you, can't fall asleep on them. No, you so, can't.
1: Yeah. Have you had one growl?
2: <laughs> um, it's not a
1: hiss. It's not, no, like, it's a growl it kind of a a, a, a hissy growl, which I've I, never had a snake do besides them
2: um i have uh my one male who is just he will he is nothing but puffy and he'll throw his enormous weight around all the time and he doesn't want to go anywhere but then once the hook is once he's on and he's like oh damn it he will he was the one actually i was putting him into a bin because uh, he happened to be the one that was right in front of me when i was separating for feeding and he did actually do that kind of low rumble yeah the i'm like what the hell because like, i thought like -hmm. I I don't know if I squeezed him too hard or there was stuff moving around. I'm like, what was that? And it was just like, all right, all right, you're, if I come back here and you're dead later, I'm going to be really pissed (laughs) off. Like it was, (laughs) um, but it's weird because it's something that you don't expect. No, it's like, it's like when nobody prepares you for that baby gecko scream. -hmm. So when you I hatched leopard geckos one time, I'm like, I wonder if they hatched. And I went to move the moss, and it's like, I'm like, what the (laughs) is that? Like it was, yeah, not prepared for that. So yeah, I I had one growl once, and it was just sounded like almost like a, uh, um, uh, almost like stomach growl, stomach rumblings. Like it was stomach growling. Yeah, it was weird. No. Well, this has been
1: absolutely excellent. Yeah. So we, we, we definitely have to have you back on because you've, yeah. This we'll is I when can. you get to let your, your real <laughs> love...
2: Out into the universe though. And... It's the only place I can come and actually talk about my true passion. Yeah, Everybody you're else not is being beaten back with
1: a hypothetical stick. <laughs> so.
2: You know, and if I if I had just gotten into dwarf monitors like he wanted, I I'd uh-huh. be his best friend again. Yeah, but you know, you this go. is this will be the rift that will destroy <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you can you can introduce Here's what we can do. We can arrange an introduction. Oh, er, sorry, Eric can bring Mm -hmm. the um, the Ackies and the Kimberleys over, Mm -hmm. and they can play with the false water cobras. And we'll see who wins. You'll have your friendship (laughs) back again. (laughs) I I guarantee you, a falsy looks at a little monitor, and if it's put in a box and the monitor can't run away, the poor little monitor will no longer be with us. It if, will be converted to falsy poo within the next three days. Uh, not I that I'm condoning that in any way,
2: shape, in or any form, way shape, or form. But
1: I'm just simply saying that, that that might be a way to get Eric back.
2: I, I, I will <laughs> tell you that the, the mail I got from you, is he's, he's got a clock in his head, and he's okay. He's like, all right, well, everything's all, all in good time. The female, she's got a timer. And if yeah. my if her food is not in front of her in that time, she turns into a psychopath. And yep. to the point where I'm opening the door and I'm like presenting <laughs> the food bowl like this so that she can grab what she wants and then go back into the corner so I yeah. can put the rest of the bowl in. And it's just like, okay, I'm that, sorry. That's the girls
1: <laughs> in general with, with falsies. They, they, they are definitely different and to be honest mm-hmm. with you going all the way back to the beginning when I screwed up and thought that I had um the two males were the males and it turns out one was a female uh within like 10 minutes of me realizing mm-hmm. I was just standing there dumbfounded in the garage where these things are and then I started thinking about it and I was like you're an idiot because that supposed Everything male, clicks into place. the second I would like, she, she could see the rats, you know, she's just smashing up against the glass trying to get to it. And the, and the, you know, that's anecdotal, but I'm pretty sure I've got enough of these damn things that I could make it statistically significant. The, the females definitely have a stronger feeding response. And one of the ways you can tell a, a falsy is guys. So you think that that response is great now,
3: mm. wait Wait till you breed
1: them (laughs) because then they're hoarding protein to like yoke up the 30 freaking eggs they're going to lay. And then they're insatiable that I've said this before, but it's my favorite thing. Like near the end of the spring semester, Mm. I have like, it's we people that went to college just that we know this. If you're a student, you're done. You don't want to be there anymore. If you're Mm -hmm. a professor though, what people don't understand is you're done too. You don't want to be there either. either. No one ever like talks about that piece. And the falsies are right in the doorway of my office. And the, the females are like at their absolute in like their, their craziest level of crazy at the during finals week. Cause they're going to lay eggs in the next like week or two and kids will walk in and all the false water cobras see is a flash of flesh like people's <laughs> foreheads, and it just bam up under the glass, and I, I, I kids just drop right in the doorway, and then I have to sit there and be like, "Are you okay?" You know, there might be a part of me that's like laughing hysterically and maniacally on the inside, so they bring me great joy and a little bit of respite with that. Now, the kids that know me, that, that you know, they've got these snakes. Two of them are trying to mm-hmm. eat them, and they just don't care because they know it's, it's coming. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't do anything that like promote. To, to get people over a phidiophobia, that's for damn sure no no so, that was yeah <laughs> anyway but i digress well no anything else you want to well I, I got one one final question yeah. yeah um and then we'll we'll call it a day are there any what color all right i know there's mm. more so we'll, we'll limit it to, to two <laughs> are there two species of colubrid you see yourself getting in the next 12 months or is it like we've got to focus on all these life We're talking about we're talking about brand
2: new species, not not completing pairs, right? Brand new species, brand new species, brand new species, hundred flower rat snakes. We might have your
1: guy right here. I know. (laughs) Listen,
2: I am I am the person I will not contact you until I'm ready to buy (laughs) because I I sell snakes and that pisses me off. So So if people like, well, hasn't he called me? He's not ready yet. Like, there's (laughs) there's a reason. There's a reason. Don't worry. Um. Hundred flower rat snakes are definite. They are they are so far on my radar. It's ridiculous. I'm chomping at the bit for those, and those will be the things that like if it comes between them and the blue beauties. Bye. <laughs> like, blue beauties are gonna, like you failed me so many times. Next, like it's uh, um so uh, definitely them, and then I keep uh, th- This is an idea that's gnawing in the back of my head, and I need to kill it and kill it dead very quickly otherwise it's going to become a very bad thing and that's the well you've done well with the mad hogs could you do easterns and i'm like no, no 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 no. we don't don't do this please don't do this like and and i mentioned this and then one of my friends is like hey this guy breeds easterns no no i don't even want to open this like it is i know the eastern breeders um yeah that could be a very it could be a very mm-hmm. slippery slope there because they're gorgeous they're gorgeous animals yes and mm-hmm. if the like the main thing is like but they eat toads it's like yeah, but like, I've been doing all this other crap. Like, how far is that? How much of a step is that in that direction? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that one I have to kill. I, got you. I have to kill okay. that quickly. <laughs> yeah, we can talk
1: Easterns another day because I can start talking about those things. They're they're the they're a favorite and a bane of my existence. The That's
2: what season. I fear. Right. Yeah, is that they'll become so. Yes. Yeah, they, oh, we'll they, they
1: in my experience, they are the classic example of they are doing great until they're not, and then they're dead. <laughs> <And> they're gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like no slowly going away now. It's I'm eating, 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 now I die. die. But that's just the way that they have been for it's me. It's
2: like a chameleon. It's just like all of a yeah. sudden it turns black and falls off the stick. What happened? And we did oh, have I them
1: guess. here in West Virginia, and then they pass the herp regs and they're a native species, and now you have to do you know all these things. And I was I'll fully admit like my, uh, there was a part of me was like, Hmm. So I'm not allowed to have these things. I keep spending hundreds of dollars it's on them to have them decay in my backyard. When I bury them after they die, this is probably an okay thing. So like that was, that was one of the snakes that, that was taken away from me with the harp where I was like, yeah, okay. Now I have an excuse. All right, I agree. It's like-
2: touch them again. I actually, uh-huh. I didn't even think about that because um last time I did my lessons for um, PA, I have black rat snakes, and I had to put down that they were a mutation because yeah. they're white-sided black rat snakes, so I might not even be allowed to have. There nonsense. you go. All right. There you go. I Good. Might we'll say, put, that, we, put that in the same box. saving you
1: lots of money. Right. Because you can't get, <laughs> and I will say this to everybody listening, and I I will <laughs> die on this hill. If you think you can go out into the wild and pluck a wild eastern hog and have it magically eat laboratory mice, you are the literal definition of insane. <laughs> That is not going to happen. That is an animal that is hyper evolved. For that, like, just leave it alone and put it back in the woods.
2: Like, that that's, Eric's like, well, why don't, don't you just why don't like you? Yeah, we saw a uh-uh. bunch of toads last time we went in the pine and Just go get toads. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, just just go get the toads. Go get wild toads to feed to mice. What is yeah, wrong with you? you <laughs> like, <he's> like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, so, go anyway. play with your lizards. Get out of here. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Um, people want to find guys. you. If they don't know where to find you, what they they, they listen to a attention. podcast yeah. but where would people go to find
3: you <laughs> all
2: right um you can definitely go to rogue-reptiles.com also rogue underscore reptiles on instagram um all animals that are for sale will be on there as well as the morph market site if they're not there they're not for sale i'm sorry i'm not hiding things from people i i want them gone too so it's mm-hmm. uh, um but those will be the only things uh couple shows in the tri-state. I'm not really vending, but I might make appearances. So if you are Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, New Jersey area, uh, and you want something, you want to link up at a show, just let me know. I might be going. So, yeah, uh, cool. yeah that's it. So, but no, guys, this has been awesome. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll... I'll, I'll definitely think of something. I'll, I'll get more colubrids so I can come back. Oh, yeah, right, no, I promise. We'll have yeah. you back on. Yeah.
1: You got to get your colubrid time in.
2: I do. So. It's, like a, you know, it's like a shot in the arm to keep doing this Python stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Keep pretending. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, people that want to find um, me, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Cronad. I'm on uh, mm-hmm. Facebook at Zach Loafman. And then you can always look me up online and go the old school way and shoot me an email uh got lots and lots of false water cobra eggs um cooking so if you are interested in those please message me because um as soon as they hatch they're gonna go up and yeah i'm ready to move them uh we have one clutch that's hatched uh and they actually have are doing their post hatching sheds which means we'll be putting frogs in blenders this week and dousing the pinkies and the the fuzzies in those because that's the secret to get them to eat them. yes um, write that down and then they're they're down they're like good to go oh it's in my book i have a recipe so, excellent there we go uh matt where where do people go to find you
0: uh you can find me on facebook or instagram with sarpa mitra
1: all righty sweet so this has been another episode of colubrid and Colubroid radio uh whatever time of day it is hope it's great for you and have a great one